Hi, everyone, and welcome to the PhD to be podcast, a podcast where we talk about graduate school. My name is Natalie, and on today's episode, in honor of National Transfer Week, I'm going to be talking to you about my experiences as a transfer student, as well as my experiences of attending a virtual conference. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. everyone is doing well as I'm recording it's Saturday so I hope everyone's having a lovely Saturday. Dallas is not in the state of Texas and so I'm going to be doing a solo episode which I think good timing also because it is National Transfer Student Week. Um, Today's the last day of that week and um, nobody around me was a transfer student. So I'm kind of the only person who can talk about that. And so that is what I'm going to share with you today. And then I also went to my first virtual conference. And so I just kind of wanted to lump these two things together and give you guys insight into how, you know, what experiences I had. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay, so. National Transfer Student Week was this week, and um, man, I need to keep up with the grad student, or like, not grad student, but like college, uh, what, do, what do I even call them, like holidays, I guess, like things that we celebrate and uh, think about during those times of the week. I really need to keep up with them because I had no idea that National Transfer Student Week was this week. Um, But a couple of people that I follow on Instagram posted about it. And so I was like, hey, why not like think about it and see if I can find anybody to do an episode with me. And like I said, there are no other transfer students in my friend circle, which I think is very interesting. And I want to talk about that. So I initially got this idea from uh, a grad Instagram. Um, her title is, or her title, I guess the name of her Instagram is Latina Grad Guide. Um, and yeah, she has a lot of really cool facts and she's getting the majority of these facts from the, she's got some from the National Center for Education Statistics, Community College Research Center, American Association of Community Colleges, and all those types of things. And so, I want to just kind of go over those and then speak into my experiences as a transfer student, aka someone who went to community college. And so, yeah, let's talk about that. All right. So it says here that in fall 2021, about 4.7 million students were enrolled in public two-year colleges. That's a lot of students. Um, Man, so I guess I could probably start a little bit with like how I even decided to go to community college and I have a very vivid memory of this. And so um, this is another reason why I want to share this story. So I remember being in senior year and I remember what class I was in. I was senior year of high school and I remember what I, what I, where I was, I was in my child care class and I remember hearing kids around me saying, I'm going to Texas A&M, I'm going to the University of Texas, I'm going to Texas State, you know, all these universities, I'm going to Rice. And I was just sitting there 
and I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And I think, I, I don't know where I kind of didn't get any sort of motivation. Um, I like to think, well, you know, they were first generation college students. Well, I was a first generation college student. They were also, but usually what that means is like, because you're a first generation college student, sometimes there's not as much of an influence for you to go to college, unlike other students who are second, third generation college students. And so, um, you know, it's, it was very interesting to kind of think about that reflecting back, but like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no idea like where I wanted to go. And it's funny because I knew that I wanted to teach, but nothing ever really, or I didn't have anyone or anything to kind of motivate me and say, Hey, application season is like right now you should apply to a college, right? Like that wasn't ever anything that came to mind or that anybody told me. Um, And it wasn't something that I, it wasn't like an image or like a narrative or something that I really wanted to do. And so as a result, like by the time people were getting accepted to colleges, like I was just kind of sitting around being like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And so because I didn't have a plan, I had partially no other choice but to apply to community college. And I remember I did it in the summer before the fall semester started. So I had graduated high school. And in that summer, I started applying to community colleges. And by community colleges, I mean the community college, like right down the road from my house. And I say that like I didn't have a plan and that's why like I didn't end up like applying to other schools and that's why it was easier for me to do community college. I also just couldn't afford to go straight into a four year. Um, I mean, that's just really it. Like I did not have the money. My parents did not have the money. And again, because I didn't really have a plan, student loans and like the process of like thinking about borrowing money to go to school wasn't even like an option or at least it didn't feel like an option. Like I didn't even think about it is basically what I'm trying to say. And so that really kind of just put me in that situation. So one, I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I wanted. So because of that, I didn't, because I didn't have a plan or I didn't really care. I um, applied too late. Right. And so the only other option that I could was to, apply to community colleges that you mean their admission process obviously is a lot different and they admit a lot more um, applicants. So it would be very interesting to think about how many they do um, accept. Um, but I remember applying and getting there and just being in that space. And I mean, it felt I had a hard time. I mean, I'm not going to go into too much detail. I mean, I, I really had a hard time um, acclimating to sort of having a little bit more of that freedom. And I got financial aid and I got, you know, assistance to go to college. But I still kind of found myself in a place where I wasn't doing the most financially best choices I could make. Um, I ended up having to drop a class. I ended up skipping a lot of class in some instances and really just trying to find my way. And some classes I hated, some classes I should have never taken. I mean, it really was 
a very tumultuous time for me in my college experience. And at the same time, I was thinking of leaving college. I was thinking I could go do cosmetology, which is something I'd still love to do. But I mean, it's not like a big, big dream. I think I just find it exciting. Um, but, you know, I remember sitting, you know, being in community colleges and like nobody really wanting to be there. And I don't really know why the other students were there. I don't know if it was a, f a cost thing. Maybe they didn't have significant enough, like, good grades to apply directly to a four-year. I, I don't know. But I knew that everybody wanted to get out of there as fast as they could. I didn't. I was just kind of, like, trying to figure out if college was for me, period. But I remember a lot of students using community college just to be the next step which is totally fine and that's why I'm talking about this you know you transfer from your two-year to your four-year because a lot of them cannot offer you you know full-on four-year degrees so I get it but I think looking back and what I know now about community colleges and sort of the image that is painted of community colleges like I, I, I can't deny to think about the fact that I'm that a lot of those students probably thought that they were less than or maybe poor or maybe, you know, oh, wow, I couldn't get into a four-year. I mean, like I said, I don't know what the reasons were. Maybe some people, uh, like, weren't looking forward to leaving home, you know, or maybe they were taking care of a loved one. I don't know the other reasons for why people were there, but I know that a lot of people wanted to get out. And it felt a little bit of a sense of, like, shame in a way, like, oh, that we're in this space uh, I never really felt the shame myself, like shaming myself for, for it, but I knew that that was sort of what was happening in that space. And so um, that's something that a lot of students, um, especially those who are not in community colleges, maybe think about and look down on community colleges and what they do. And I get that the media and so many different things impact how four-year colleges are perceived. I mean, right? Who doesn't want the, you know, living in the dorm, going out to parties, selling you that traditional student narrative? Like, a lot of students want that because they've been conditioned to want that. And if you don't get it, you've failed in some way. I never wanted that. Um, again, I never really imagined college. And so I think going to community college was a really good start for me to figure out what the heck I wanted to do. And for those of you who have heard, who've listened to the first episode of why Dallas and I decided to go to graduate school in my portion of that episode where I tell the story of sort of my college experience, I say that I... Um, wanted I, I figured out that I wanted to be a professor when I was at community college so like I started thinking I wanted to be a theater education teacher like in high school because that's what I had done in high school and then I took an English class and it was like oh my gosh I love this it was specifically literature I, re I remember reading Frankenstein and just being just really loving the, the literary analysis analysis of that and so you know, if it wasn't for community college, like I would have not discovered that, right? And obviously I've moved away from wanting to teach literature, but I, you know, I still want to be a professor. I want to be in the institution. And so, you know, I think for me, and it ended up being a space where I really 
ended up finding who I was after all of the mistakes and all the the things that I decided to uh, not do well on. Um, but cost-wise, I mean, I went to Lone Star Community College um, in Houston specifically. I think it might actually, I don't know, it's Houston Spring. It's North Houston. Um, and I remember going there and I remember, um, it wasn't too far from my house so I could commute. So obviously, I mean, at a community college, you usually don't have dorms. So I got to stay home and I saved a lot of money. Um, you know, and I got scholarships and whatnot. And, you know, it's funny cause I think the other thing about going to college and like why going directly to a four-year institution was out of the question was just while I was at community college, even though I was receiving um, funding uh, from the government, like FAFSA and Pell Grants and whatnot, I remember feeling so guilty for spending my dad's money because textbooks are expensive. I mean, you know, the money that I did get from you know, FAFSA wasn't sufficient enough for what I needed to pay. And it wasn't expensive at all, but, you know, it just still wasn't enough. And so, you know, I think about how even the stress, the financial stress that I had, and I was working, I was working a job that like literally paid me almost nothing. Um, and, you know, I was saving money by living at home. and I, I didn't even decide to move out. I just stayed with my parents and whatnot. And so, you know, it's funny because, I had so much financial stress. And so when I started to really mess up, I made a, I made a switch in sort of my experiences. And you know what? And that's what I love about, even though I ended up not making the best decisions at community college, at the community college in some ways, I still felt like it was a good space to get me into the rhythm of what a four-year might ask of me. Because a lot of kids don't realize that it's not like high school. It's nowhere near like high school and things are going to function different and in good ways and bad ways. I mean, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not, it's not what you think it is. And you really have to get a swing of things. But if you're paying what a four-year institution is asking you to pay, living on campus, a food plan, your tuition, your books, it's probably it could be a good idea to have to figure out how this is going to work in a in a place where it's more low stakes you know so figuring out college life in a place where you're not spending as much money i think that that really worked in my favor and so once i kind of messed up a little bit i i got back on it and i've never looked back i mean i've never not gotten you know, I've done well since I kind of had to restructure everything and, and being in community college really gave me that space. And so it was really exciting. Um, after, after I ended up getting my stuff together, um, I really, I really ended up just kind of looking back and saying like, you know what, I'm really happy that I had this space. And, and I recommend community colleges to everyone to save money more, more or less to save money. Um, and just taking advantage of what you can learn and the space that you can have there. Um, and not everybody's for it, but Hey, I felt like it set me up for success. I really learned a lot while I was there. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be who I am without my community college experience and trying to really find my way. So
if you are at college or someone who's thinking about going to college or is not entirely sure if college is even for you, if you can afford to go to a community college and, and, and get your feet wet there and sort of see what it is that college can be like, then I highly recommend the community college route. So once my time with the community college was done, I had to transfer, right? And so I transferred in fall of 2015. So I started at the community college in fall 2012 and I finished um, in spring of 2015. So I was there for almost three years um, trying to get my stuff together. But then in fall of 2020, no, fall of 2015 I transferred over to the University of Houston which um University of Houston uh just because we there are so many community colleges in that area we um have a lot of transfer students and so I was a transfer student and uh because it is a commuter university students already are non-traditional and so I felt like I hadn't really missed out on anything I mean I would have loved to have been there like when I was there like just because I did have such a great time at the University of Houston, it would have been nice to have had like the full college experience, but again, I couldn't afford it. And so that is why, um, because I couldn't afford that, that was why I was a transfer student in the first place. And then being at the University of Houston, like I could have, yeah, I guess I could have tried to go somewhere else, but I knew again, money, financial stress wasn't going to work. Um, and I mean, I didn't know if I was ready to go and move out and live on my own, right? And so I transferred over to the University of Houston and, you know, they, I, I know that some universities have like transfer student offices or support. And I don't really think, to my knowledge right now, what's coming up in memory, I don't really remember there being any sort of attempt to do that. But I don't know if it's because of the nature of the university was already just like non-traditional, like yeah, there were student dorms, but it's not like all the other universities, especially now after I've seen more universities and sort of understand how universities can be structured. Um, so, you know, I didn't really have any issues as a transfer student. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me was just being a commuter student and like wanting to feel part of the university. Um, but that's really where my school spirit and everything kind of came in. And so I really liked being around that space and, and, um, but I can only do that, you know, while I was there. And then once I was done, I had to go home. And so I think I transferred into a space that kind of already like worked and functioned for transfer students. And so I didn't really have a hard time, but I know that that's not necessarily the case for some transfer students. I know that some of them can still feel very isolated. People have already made friends, especially if the universities are like a traditional sort of uh, you know, everybody's there for their entire four years. Um, so I know that that can be hard. I've talked to students who are transfer students who have had a difficult time. And um, I had one student in my class last semester talk about transfer students and how she kind of had a hard time acclimating to the environment. And so I know that there are some struggles when it comes to that, but I didn't have that. Um, so I can't really speak to anything like that. But, you know, looking back, I would not change that experience um i'm so happy that i went the community college route i think god knew where i needed to be and so i very uh thankfully and for my dad's wallet um was able to 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 eventually transfer out um and then finish my degree at the university of houston and so 
If you're thinking about going to community college, I say do it, especially if it keeps you close to home and it doesn't put you in debt. I mean, come on, that's like a good combo. Um, but then if you want to go to grad school, then, you know, that's where you could probably reach out and branch out and go into other other states or other cities or other universities. But that's a whole nother experience, right? So hopefully that was helpful, just kind of giving you insight into my transfer student slash community college experiences. Um, I'm really happy and really grateful that I got a taste of what that was like. So now I can kind of speak into, you know, being able to have knowledge in that. And so, um, yeah. So now I want to transition into telling you about my virtual conference experience. So before I kind of get into like the backstory, I just want to tell you the name of the conference. So this was an actual like physical conference, but it did have the opportunity for people to uh, present virtually. So I presented at the Rhetorics and Religion as Resources for Resistance, an interdisciplinary conference hosted by the University of Memphis. If you've gone t- onto our Instagram at the PhDB podcast, you have seen one of my posts about it, um, which is basically just like my presentation format and the title of my panel. Um, so just a little bit of backstory. So I am a part of an edited collection uh, that talks about religious, you know, faith and um, secularism and the institution and writing studies and writing centers and whatnot. And one of the people who is in that edited collection emailed the entire group, I guess, of people who are contributors and was like, hey, does anybody want to be a part of this conference? And if I'm not mistaken, I kind of feel like she maybe had like reached out to me specifically too. I mean, I'd have to kind of go back into the emails, but basically she reaches out and is like, hey, does anybody want to propose like a panel? It could be a good opportunity for us to market the book. And again, I don't remember how it happened, but I ended up saying yes. And so me... And uh, this professor at Clayton State University, she was like, like, let's do this. And so she submitted on behalf of both of us and we got accepted. And right around the time when I got accepted to this conference, I had been offered an opportunity to present at FemRet, which is a conference that I'll be talking with you about with my friend Natalie hopefully soon, that we just went to back in early October. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to be able to afford to go to two conferences. And because the the one on FemRet was a panel, I'm sorry, a roundtable with a lot of the contributors, sort of the same thing, but like just a lot more people. Um, I was like, I think I'm going to have to spend my money in going to that one. And so what I... Um, did was I told my panel member, hey, um, oh, what she did, what happened was she emailed me and was like, hey, you know, it's giving us the opportunity to present virtually. Like, would that work for you? Like, what are your thoughts? Like, she initially had planned to go in person. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to make it in person. Like, I um, have not enough funding right and definitely don't have the money to go to two conferences especially because they were within like two weeks of each other um and so she's like okay we'll present virtually and I was like okay I had never presented virtually at a conference and so this would be something very interesting that I was going to embark on and so leading up 
to the presentation like over the summer and whatnot me and my panel may actually started becoming just friends in general we are very similar in our the things that we care about and, and when it comes to teaching we we talk a lot about faith and whatnot and so she and I just kind of started becoming friends. And so that was really nice to just kind of really get to know my panel mate. But as the as the presentation came closer, um, I reached out and I was like, hey, would you be interested in like doing like a Google Doc presentation, like our Google Doc, uh, Google Slides presentation? She's like, sure, like, I don't really know. Like, I'll let you take care of it. I'm like, okay. And so basically I came up with my presentation. And usually um, for those of you who maybe you've heard of conferences being formatted in such a way. Sometimes you just read off your paper, right? You, re you write about 10, or excuse me, five pages for about 10 minutes. You know, you have 12 to 15 minutes, you know, it just kind of depends on the numbers. But in this case, that was the case. And so I decided I wasn't going to read off of my chapter. I just kind of wanted to talk about like what I was going to talk about. And so the panel that we came up with, the title of it was called intersectional reflection and autoethnography and faith formation and specifically my presentation was called faith formation in the writing center and my presentation was over how I formed my faith in the writing center and how I sort of highlighted that it was just sort of a very non-traditional way to faith to to grow in my faith and so I highlighted a lot of key moments in my uh, book chapter and um, sort of my reflections and what this said about sort of the context of the university, but then also just my experiences and how these moments that seem very unconventional help still help for my faith, especially looking back on them. Um, and so we decided to, you know, do Google Slides and we finished them and everything. And it's funny because this is a piece of advice. If you're ever on a panel with someone or a round table and they proposed it, make sure that you're staying in the loop of information because sometimes they'll use just that email to contact everyone. But if you don't have access to that email, how are you going to get contacted? So leading up to the conference, I was like, how how is this virtual conference portion going to work? Like I don't understand granted i've never been to one so that's probably why i didn't understand basically what happened was two days before the conference we get an email from the person organizing the conference it was like hey if you haven't registered register and i was like oh no and so i registered not like the pay register like register for the link to present and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I saw that because um, how else was I supposed to get into the Zoom room, right? So I register and everything is fine. Um, but then I'm he sitting here thinking like there are other presentations going on, like virtual presentations going on in this day. Like how is this going to work? Like is there like a Zoom link for each of the present panels or roundtables? Like how is this going to work? All I knew is that I had to log on to Zoom at 12.45, right? And so I do that and we're all in this room, Zoom virtual room, and there's like background music and everything. And basically what happened was that this link was the link to the virtual conference like the entire day. So I could have I could have watched and listened to other people's conferences the entire day. But because I thought that there were going to be separate links, 
I thought that mine was just going to lead me to mine and I didn't know how to access all the other links. So I missed every single other presentation except for mine, which is fine, I guess. But it would have been nice to have had act like knew that that link could access all of the other presentations because like I wanted to feel more a part of the conference and on Thursday which is when the conference was I had we had switched around our schedules and whatnot and so I actually had the time to watch the other presentations but um yeah I didn't realize that that was the one link that we could all use for the entire day and so well I showed up to my presentation and so I showed up and it was just me and my panel mate um, and we had like 30 minutes to present each but we initially planned for like 12 to 15 but it ended up really working out so I did my presentation which I will say I feel like I talked a little bit too fast but you know what hey whatever and so we both finished and there was like 11 people including like the moderator in our room and i was really surprised i was under the impression that there was probably not going to be anyone but me and the moderator and my panel mate um at this presentation or at this um yeah like presentation and there was actually like a good amount of people there and it was really exciting to be able to to like know that just because like it made me feel more like i was a part of a conference as opposed to just like if I had shown up and it was just me and like two other people, but it was actually 11 people there. And so we presented and after our presentation ended, we were able to, um, you know, answer questions and we had a really great discussion. We had um, a lot of people just kind of like appreciate the work that we had done and, and what we've talked about and sort of making sure that we're highlighting when faith does happen, faith growth, faith formation does happen in these spaces where we think that maybe they're not welcome, they just don't happen. Um, but it was, it was really nice. We had a lot of great questions and just really great discussion. And the next thing you know, we ran out of time and like, it, it was really fruitful and, and, I mean, honestly, I had a great time. Like, it was nice to be able to be a part of this conversation and have a conversation with other people despite um, only attending my presentation. I would have loved to have um, known that that link could have taken me to all of the presentation of the presentations of the day, but I didn't know, so, you know, it is what it is. But um, it was a great time. It really was a great time, and I get to put it on my CV, which is the last thing I ever think about but um I got to share my work we got to promote the book and I got to meet a lot of people that now we have like we know you know some I we met a guy from Texas A&M and you know people from other universities and sort of talking about their experiences and so it'll be really fun to see if any connections are made there um it'll be fun to see like if any of those people ever reach out or we reach out to them and so it was just nice it was just nice to know that there are other people who really care about their faith even if it's not the same faith as us it's really nice that we were able to have conversations about these things that really matter and um I really just had a great time and even though I would still prefer I prefer everything in person um, even though it would have been cool to go to the University of Memphis and go to Tennessee, I love Tennessee. It would have been nice. Um, but financially speaking, like that wasn't what was, you know, what I was able to do. And in fact, my panel mate had initially planned to go in person 
and something happened with the funding in her department and she wasn't able to go. And so the virtual option really became the best option for both of us in the end. And so awesome, awesome experience. Thank you so much, uh, University of Memphis and all the people who um, put on this conference. And I'm looking forward to seeing if I can submit in the future if, if I continue talking about these things, which if my dissertation tells me anything, I probably am. Um, but yeah. Shout out to University of Memphis. Shout out to Lone Star Community College System. Um, two really great institutions that I've had great experiences with. Um, and yeah, I hope that gave you a little bit of an insight of what it's like to present at a virtual conference. Um, I had a great time. And hopefully I gave you a little bit of insight into what, you know, transfer student slash community college students experiences could be like. Um, don't crap on community colleges they save a lot of people money and they you know people can stay home and be close to their parents or family or loved ones um and you don't get in debt a lot of the times just because it is a little bit more on the affordable end and hopefully they stay affordable so that everybody can get an education if they so choose um but other than that that's gonna wrap up today's episode thank you so much for listening i am super grateful to those of you who listen to this podcast um i appreciate your time and just just being here to support dallas and i on this this endeavor um but if you have any questions or any topics that you want us to cover go ahead and email us at the phd to be podcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on our instagram where we like to post random things throughout the day like whether or not you're writing on a saturday or what book we're currently reading um, you can follow us on our instagram at the phd to be podcast i will see you on the next one bye everyone <laughs>